discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you, Jesus. To him alone be glory. To him alone be glory. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. What are the results of our justification? Number one. Number one. There is no imputation of sin. No imputation of sin against us. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof the glory. But what saith in the scriptures? Abraham believed in God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned as great, but as debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 4, verse 6 says, Even as David describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. <laughs> oh my, my, my. Look at what it says. Even as David describeth the, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Oh. Saying, what does he say? Blessed are they whose iniquities are, 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 are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will not impute sin. Okay. This is so nice. He says that, what shall we say that Abraham our father has, has put into the flesh has found? What, what did he find? He found something that changed his whole life. And he says that if Abraham was declared righteous by his works, by his good behavior, he can boast. Because God says, there is none righteous. But if he could be righteous, then he could boast. <laughs> but what does the scripture say? He believed in God, and God put it into his spiritual bank account. Deposited his own righteousness into Abraham's bank account. On the foundation of Abraham believing. Hallelujah. And in verse 6 says that even as David describes the blessedness of the man to whom God says you are righteous, yet the man has done nothing. See, that man is really blessed. Now, Paul is quoting from Psalm 32. Because in Psalm 32, that is when David had sinned against Bathsheba, adultery with Bathsheba. In fact, David was very guilty. Now, when he read Psalm 32, and uh, Psalm 51, he was so guilty that he said, his bones were snapped. The moisture of his bones were snapped in the heat of summer. Guilt even affected his bones. So when David was punished for what he had done, in the midst of his guilt, God opened his eyes and saw a people in the future. <laughs> and when he saw them, ah, these people have sinned, but the sin is not put into their accounts that they did it. Ah, then he said, ah, so, blessed are they. No, the Hebrew says, the Hebrew doesn't say blessed are they. The Hebrew adds emotion to it. And it is plural. Plural. The Hebrew says, oh, the blessednesses. Oh, the blessednesses. That means not one blessing. Oh, he saw that, ah, these guys, they've done wrong, but it is not in their account that they did it. So, which, which people are these? So, he prophesied it. Then Paul came and said, we are those blessed people. We are those blessed people. So blessed are they. 
the blessednesses of the man. The word blessedness is an old um, Greek word for prosperity. How spirit, the spiritual prosperity of the man, <laughs> the good fortune of the man, God put righteousness into his account, yet he didn't do it. Why? Because the man in white did it to him. There is no imputation of sin. The next, the, the next verse, verse 7, verse 8. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will not impute sin. You know what it means? That, that's amazing. The word will, say will. The, the Lord will not. The word will is in what is called, in the Greek tense, it is called future middle. Future middle. The Greek has tenses English doesn't have. You see, English has <laughs> passive voice and active voice, but English doesn't have middle voice. But this word here is in the middle voice. Let me explain. Let's do a lot of Greek, a little Greek here. Hallelujah. Now, active voice is like when I say, "The boy threw the ball." The ball is perf- the ball. The boy threw the ball. So who, who threw the ball? The boy. So he's the performer of the action. So he, that is an active voice. You see, he did it. He threw, he did it. It's an active voice. But when I say the ball was thrown to the boy, was thrown, that's passive voice. Because he is not the performer. He's the receiver. So the ball was thrown to the boy. He's the receiver. So that is what is called passive voice. Praise God. Now, what is a middle voice? The Greek has middle voice. Now, middle voice is active voice plus passive voice. <laughs> now, when you put the two together, it becomes middle voice. Now, middle voice means that I'm the one doing it, and I'm the one enjoying the benefit. <laughs> I'm the one causing the action, yet I'm the recipient and the, enjoy, the one who's enjoying <laughs> or having the benefit of the action. So that's what is used here for the word will. Now it's in the future. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. You know what it means? When the believer sins and God takes his sin and put it into his account, if God does not put the sin into his account, that's where the middle voice. The believer has sinned, but God does not put the sin into his account. That action of God not putting his sin into his account is a middle voice. So God is a performer, but God is the one enjoying it. So if God, if God does not put sin into your account, you think it's about you. He himself, wow, it's for his benefit. You know why? You know why it's for his benefit? His throne is at stake because the whole thing has already been paid. So he must be just to make sure everything is done well. <laughs> If God puts anything into his account, it means this, Jesus didn't pay it all. And if God starts to punish him, you know what it means? It means that he wasn't, he wasn't satisfied with all of his, all, all the punishment he took. That means God is not satisfied with, with his son's work. But he did it once and for all and sat down. There's nothing to be done again. So now, Follow me carefully. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will. That is future middle. What about the word not? Now in the Greek, it's emphatic future, future negative. Emphatic future negative. That's the one word not. <laughs> emphatic future negative. Uh-huh. It is written in the strongest negative assertion, which is a double assertion in the Greek. So that's how it, it must be read. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord will never, never, not in any way, in no wise, by no means, put sin into his account. <laughs> Can you imagine? So it's, it's a strong future emphasis, not even the present. I don't understand. It's too, it's too good. You know why it's too much? 
you've lost focus on what he did. God's justice has been met and satisfied. And what happened on the cross is once and for all, past, present, and future. He's satisfied. So God himself used, you know why? Because when this guy, our Lord went into prison for his sake, there must be a witness that, oh, someone must witness in the court of law, there must be a witness that this guy took the punishment. You know the witness? His name is called the Holy Ghost. Let me show you in the Bible. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, 15 and 17, or 15 to 17. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. Now, the Holy Ghost is a witness in us and to us. There are two witnesses of the Holy Ghost. He's a witness in us and to us. What, how is he a witness in us? The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit. Now we are the children of God. So how do you know you are saved? Because he's in you, he bears the witness. Praise God. So he's a witness in us. But this verse says he's a witness to us. What does it mean? To us in God's court of law. For after that he had said before, the next verse, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their heart and in their minds will I write them. Verse 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now listen. Because the Holy Ghost was a witness at Calvary. And the Holy Ghost, as a witness, saw all your sins put on him. All your sicknesses put on him. All your sins, past, present, future, not one escaped God's eyes. Because if one escaped God's eyes, Jesus would have to come back again and die for that sin that escaped his eyes. But he had to offer once and for all and sit down so that there is no more offering. So, no son escaped God's eye. Everything, past, present, and future, thought, deed, action, the Holy Ghost saw that God put all on him and he bore every punishment. So, as a witness, because he bore it, judicially, God cannot remember your sins. Because judicially, he remembered all and he took all the punishment. So, God, today, justice cannot remember your sins. So, he said, the Holy Ghost is a witness because your sins and iniquities God says, I will remember again no more. Does God remember judicially? No. Because his justice does not permit him to remember your sins. Today we are baptizing you with the grace of God. (laughs) Yeah, it's a radical righteousness. That's the gospel. That's the gospel they heard. Praise God. So can you imagine... Who said this? He, him, will I remember? And no more is also emphatic, future, negative, with a double emphasis in the Greek. So no more means not by any means, no, not in any way, will I remember? Wow. (laughs) Hey, you get to go to heaven, it will shock you. you. You go like, ah, so Jesus did all of it for us. And we're just struggling uselessly. (laughs) number two so the result of justification number one is no imputation of sin number two intimacy with Christ intimacy with Christ is not possible until we are established we understand righteousness Philippians 3 Philippians 3 let's read um, 9 and 10. Now look at Paul's old testimony. He, this is more, 30 years after his conversion. Look at the things he says. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. So never have your own righteousness. It, it is called self-righteousness. And be found in him, not having your, my, or my own righteousness, which is of the law. So trying to live by the law is living by own, is self-righteousness. You see? But that, which, but that which is through the faith of Christ, even the righteousness which is of God by faith. You see, this is what I'm talking about. If you lay hold on Christ as your righteousness, what happens? The next verse. That I may know him. In fact, the Greek is an infinitive. It says to know him. The righteousness which is of God by faith in order to know him. In fact, if you're not establishing righteousness, you cannot know him. That's what he's talking about. And Paul says, to know him, intimacy. 
Now the word know is what is used in a Genesis 4 verse 1. And Adam knew his wife. The, the Septuagint says the same word. And Adam knew. He's talking about sexual intimacy. So it's a deeper knowing. You understand? Knowing. Yeah. Among the Hebrews, they use the word know for sexual intimacy. I hear someone went to uh, the Jews, uh, Israel, years ago. And the person said, oh, I knew your wife. <laughs> was speaking so... I knew your wife years ago, but he is saying I knew, as in the ordinary knew. But he was also understanding knowing as in the other knowing. <laughs> you understand? So this word knew is another new knowing. But that's the same word used for Paul saying that I may know him. How do you know him? Righteousness which is by faith. Because, listen, When Adam sinned, he had to hide himself. And he heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. And he said, Adam, where are you? What did Adam say? I was afraid. Therefore, I hid myself. What caused Adam to hide himself? We call it sin consciousness. Sin consciousness means that there is debt on your conscience. You are owing. I've experienced some before those days. Um, we'll have our creditors in the environment and my mother will say, when they come and knock on our door, tell him or her, I am, I am not there. Yeah. How many of you have explained that before? Your mother says, if you hear the knock or if you hear the cred- see the creditor, tell her I'm not around. And me too, I didn't want to lie because I was, I was a tongue talker. So I'll not even open the door. The guy will knock her and go away. When I meet the guy in the, in the area, it's a mother there. Mother there. <laughs> I don't want to lie and I don't want to betray my mom. Betray my mom. So I would say, go, go and see. <laughs> go and check. <laughs> and we were hiding from, from our creditors. Sometimes we are, we are going and say, so let's pass here. Because we can see the guy coming from afar. The same way people hide from their creditors, that is how people are hiding from God. Because there is debt on their conscience. They feel they are not acceptable. Something stands before they and God. Because of something they said yesterday or something they... There is a barrier. We call it some consciousness. And when it is on your conscience, you hide from God. So some consciousness brings number one, fear. Number two, hiding. See, I was afraid. Where did fear come from? And number two, they had to hide themselves. Many are hiding from God. Because the devil, the devil will not only accuse you for doing something wrong, he will also accuse you for doing something good. Maybe today you could only read one chapter. He will accuse you and say, look, you are a pastor. You are a pastor. You only read one chapter. By your flock, they are reading five chapters and ten chapters. So you are just going and you are feeling guilty for reading one chapter. It's a lie. So if you know there's no barrier between you and God, I'm telling you, that's where intimacy can flourish. That's why the Bible says that. Let us therefore draw nigh unto him in full assurance of faith. Having our heart sprinkled away from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews 10 verse 22. We draw now in full assurance of faith having our heart sprinkled away from an evil, an evil conscience. No evil conscience. Sin conscience. Conscience. This is chapter 10. He introduced conscience in chapter 1. Sorry. In verse 2. For the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. And he develops it further. Now he calls some consciousness evil conscience. That is, you are going before God and it's a conscience that says, I have sinned, I have sinned, I have sinned, I have sinned, I have sinned. I have sinned, I have sinned. He calls it evil conscience. You, you, you know what it means? You were owing and you met pastor. So pastor met your creditor and pastor paid. Bishop paid for, the, paid everything you were owing. But when you see the creditor, you are behaving as if you are still owing. You know what it means? You are dishonoring the one who paid. Why are you running away although it has been paid? There is some in your conscience. The Bible says we were enemies in our mind. So we're not actual enemies. The enmity was in our mind. But God, to God, we're not enemies. But we ourselves we were enemies in our mind. So there are people who are today enemies in their mind. Hey, God is against me. How can God, how can justice be against you? How can justice, that is for you, be against you? Never. 
Ne- who is he that condemned it? Never. So you shouldn't say, hey, 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 hey. If you are entertaining evil conscience, there will be no full assurance of faith. There will be no full assurance of faith. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because you see, that, when, you, when you go before the Father, the Bible calls it a new and a living way. The more you don't know, the more you live. The more the life. So where are you going? No matter what, still go there. It is in the blood. Nothing can be against you. Justice is satisfied. Satisfied. The court declared that conscience no more has anything against you. Now why are you bringing him back to accuse you? The verdict, has, the, the verdict has been passed already. Why are you bringing conscience back? Don't allow conscience to push you down. Or you don't be, believe in the decree of the judge. No, conscience no more has anything against you. <laughs> Number three. The power to overcome some. The power to overcome some. If it is righteousness that gives you the power to overcome some. Many people want the key to the sin problem. How, how do we? How do we? But they are using the wrong approach. Many sincere people, they want to live well for God. But they are not using God's method. They are establishing their own righteousness and they are still not getting the result. <laughs> but God's method seems some way humanly, but that's where their answers are. It's some way, but that's where the answers are. Now, okay. First Corinthians 15 verse 56. For the sting, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Have you ever read, read it before? The strength of sin. And the Greek, the Greek says, the dunamis of sin is the law. You know dunamis. And ye shall receive dunamis. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The power. So the dynamiting, the dunamis, the dynamiting energy of sin is the law. So if you want a revival of sin in your church, preach the law. Because the more you preach the law, the more you empower them, strengthen them to sin. And you think your people are becoming holy. It's just outward holiness. They are struggling. They have too much struggle. <laughs> and they are hiding. Because scripture is scripture. It says the, the dynamites of sin. The dunamis. You know dunamis? <laughs> of sin is the law. So preach the law. The law. All the do's and don'ts. You are activating them. You are stirring up their flesh. And they will do it and do it and do it. And do it. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not, not the knowledge of God. Awake to righteousness and sin not. <laughs> now, of course, the whole chapter he's speaking about resurrection. And we got our righteousness by the resurrection. And Paul's righteousness is the righteousness of faith. Awake to righteousness. And the word awake, you know what it means? It's used only once. It means to arouse yourself from benumbedness, unconsciousness, and senselessness. To arouse or bestir yourself from unconsciousness or benumbedness. That means God declared you righteous, made you righteous, but you don't even know. You are benumbed to the reality or the consciousness of righteousness. You, you have been, there's no feeling of it. So now he's saying, be conscious of your righteousness. And when you are conscious of your righteousness, he says, you will not sin. Hallelujah. Ah, you will not sin. So I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. But you must understand it deeply. You must understand it. I am the righteousness of God. Because he says that the one who is a hearer and not not a doer, is the one who looks into the mirror. He goes away and forgets who he is. We call it the mirror principle. But the one who looks into the mirror and holds the image, what does he see in the mirror? In the mirror, you don't, you don't see yourself. God's mirror 
No, the Bible says he beholds his natural face. The Greek says the face of his birth. He beholds the face of his birth. Not your natural face. Your spiritual birth. The Passion Translation says he sees how God sees him. But he goes away and forgets about his divine origin. That's a passion. So you look into the mirror. Oh, you see the face of your new creation, your new birth. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And you know the manner of man you are, the kind of man, the type of man you are. And you hold the image and you walk away. He's the one who is the doer of the word. I'm telling you, you leave out the gospel. You leave out the scripture. You. So everything has to do with who you are. Once you know it, oh man. But you see, sin consciousness, guilt complex is the mother of all sins. Guilt complex is the mother of all sins. But when you are guilty, let me tell you, guilt. To be guilty is to insult the sacrifice of Christ. I'm telling you. To be guilty is to doubt whether he has satisfied the creditor. In fact, in Latin, the word guilty in Latin says, means I deserve to be punished. That is why Jesus said, What are those that accuse us? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. Then you can go and sin no more. Now, a modern preacher would have said, Go and sin no more so that you will not be condemned. A modern preacher would have said, go and sin no more so that you will not be condemned. But Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. He gave him the gift of no condemnation. So, he, so when you know you are not condemned, you have the power not to sin again. Yeah. My, 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 my. You have the power to overcome it. Awake to Righteousness. And you will not sin. Because righteousness is not just a, de- a legal declaration. It's an impartation. God's nature is now imparted to your spirit. So the rightness of God is in you. Righteousness and sin, which is stronger? Which is stronger? Righteousness. Righteousness. You can, over- you can overcome it. You can overcome every type of sin, every kind of sin, by the knowledge of who you are. You will live it. You will live it. You will manifest it. Hallelujah. That's how to overcome it. Number four. Is it number four? Righteousness, consciousness solves the faith problem. The faith problem. Now we tell people to have faith, 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 faith. But let me show you how to live in, how to be in the realm of faith forever, forever. But because sometimes, one of the ways, Pastor Chris made a statement and said that one of the reasons why people are not working in faith is, is because we are telling them to have faith. That's why they are not working in faith. Because we are telling them to have faith. And, and think about it. So if I tell you to have faith, you may be thinking, ah, then faith is some, something outside of me. So they try to conjure what they already have. How can you be a believer if you don't believe? We are already in a realm. We are there. We've come to that place. But once you know your righteousness, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God. Romans 1, 16 and 17. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth. To the Jew first, then to the Gentiles or to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You know what it means? From faith to faith. What does it mean from faith? From faith means that you become God's righteousness by believing. You receive it in faith. It comes out of faith. It's not by works. It's not by your good behavior you become righteous. You become righteous by believing in Jesus. You receive it, then you are righteous. So when you receive this righteousness from faith, or in the realm of faith, or by faith, it brings you to faith. It brings you to a realm called faith. (laughs) So, once you understand that you are his righteousness, faith becomes as natural to you. In fact, faith becomes your default mode. Faith becomes as natural to you as the fish swim in the sea and as the birds fly in the air because you have been brought to faith. 
because you know who you are in Christ. All things are yours. Praise God. You are in faith. Because legally, let me show you something. This is the sinner, and this is Christ. Now, he took his place. And when he took his place, justice made the sinner take his place. And when he took the place of Christ, now when, when this man took his place, everything he deserved, everything he deserved came on him. He deserved sickness, sicknesses, weaknesses, curse, condemnation. All that he deserves or he deserved came on him. Now, covenant justice made him take his place because he took his judgment. Now that he took his place, everything he deserves now comes on him. So now, he's in a place called righteousness. He's in the, in the zone of righteousness. Because everything of his, he took, now everything of, of his is now his right, legally. So health is for him. Peace is his. Prosperity is his. Every good thing is his. Now, just imagine, knowing that these things are mine legally, there's no problem again. Do you have to struggle to believe what is yours? And you know that God's justice is behind it. <laughs> God cannot, even if he's willing, not heal you. Because health is mine. No, because legally health is mine. Legally peace is mine. So if you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You know what you are saying? God is entitled to treat me as he would have treated Christ. That's what it means. Because I am in his place. When he took my place, God didn't spare anything I deserved. Now that I have taken his place, why will God spare what he deserved? So I am, righteousness means I am in a son's place. So you are relaxed. <laughs> now, knowing all of these, your right makes you relax. When you're in a car and uh, <laughs> hey, accident, no. If Jesus was in your place, how would the father have treated, treated him? When he was in your place, the father treated him well as you, a sinner, and gave all the judgment. That I'm in his place, he's entitled. And justice requires him to do it because it's my right. That's the right of righteousness. <laughs> so you are relaxed. Faith, you are in faith. Many people are using their faith for many things. But faith must be. Now listen. Check all the scriptures where faith is. When Paul treated faith, every major discussion on faith, Paul began with righteousness. And even ended with righteousness. Check and see. Like Romans 10, faith coming by hearing. No, no, no. The whole contest is righteousness. It starts from chapter 9 as we read. Chapter 10, righteousness. Ah, to the place where he said, with a man, with a heart, man believeth unto righteousness. So you know what it, it means? Many people are using their faith for healing, prosperity, peace. It's okay. But let me show you the chief way. Jesus said, Jesus himself said, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and what you shall put on. So food, drink, clothes. And Jesus said, after these things to the Gentiles, the nations seek after. But for you seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Romans 14 verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But the first thing is righteousness. Righteousness. The second is peace. Why? Because in the whole Bible, the Bible says the work of righteousness shall be peace. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace in them that make peace. So after righteousness, automatically comes peace. And when there is peace, ye shall go out <laughs> with peace and be led forth with joy. When peace comes and joy comes. So the first thing in the kingdom is righteousness. You seek it first. You seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. What is his righteousness? God's righteousness. And other things that comes along with. So you use your faith to believe one thing. The kingdom. His righteousness. And all the material things will follow. Use your faith to believe that you are the righteousness of God. Because when you are the righteousness of God. So when you are the righteousness of God. You are saying that everything that belongs to Jesus is now yours legally. So you are in faith. There's no struggle. It's not that God is trying to use your faith to get it. No, I'm not trying to get it. It's mine. Look, and just, and you think of God's throne, which is on your side now. 
you think of it. Think of these things in the injustice, according to God's justice, legalities. Think of it. Hallelujah. Faith can become natural. Have you ever read Isaiah 32 verse 17? The work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness shall be what? Quietness and assurance. Those two words are used in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Try and read the, the, the living Bible. Faith is the quiet assurance or the confident assurance. So in Isaiah 32 verse 17, let's go back to Isaiah. Isaiah 32 verse 17. He says the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness shall be. So those words, quietness, is also the word for confidence and rest. And assurance is the word for faith. So literally the effect of righteousness is faith. Faith. When you know you are righteous, faith becomes natural to you. Yeah. Then, a certain man of God said he was praying. He was not feeling well. By his stripes I'm healed. He was confessing. But, you know, the way he was confessing, by his stripes I'm healed. Hey, just don't cry. By his stripes I'm healed. He was even becoming more frustrated. Full of anxiousness. Then the Lord spoke to him. The Lord said, You are, you are, <laughs> he, said, he said, God spoke to him and said, You are confessing healing, but your heart is not established in righteousness. Then he said, His eyes opened and he saw that the Bible says, With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto soteria. The word salvation is not just being saved from hell. It's soteria. That's where we get the word healing. Healing is there. Health is there. Wholeness is there. Well-being. Prosperity. Preservation. It's in the word. Salvation there is an all-encompassing word. Soteria. Like Paul says, I know this will tend to my deliverance. The word deliverance is soteria. The word healing is soteria. Preservation. So, with the mouth... You confess unto your healing. With a mouth, you confess unto your deliverance. With a mouth, you confess unto your peace. But before you confess, your heart must be established in righteousness. With a heart, man believes. So you must first know you are his righteousness, then confess. So if I feel something, I don't say I'm healed. I said, I don't say that. I first say, I first say, I am the righteousness of God. You know what? I am the righteousness of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. Because saying I am the righteousness of God, that means that's my legal grounds. It's my right. I am in Christ's place and healing is mine based on legal justice. <laughs> based on covenant justice, it's mine. So I'm claiming it and I cannot be refused. Even justice cannot refuse me. <laughs> Hallelujah. The word salvation is connected only four times to faith. But faith connects to the word righteousness 20 times. So faith is used for righteousness more than any other thing. In fact, the Greek calls it faith righteousness. Hallelujah. So believe. I'm, I'm the righteousness of God. Once I know that, the sins people struggle with. My. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. As it is written. Okay. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The word just is the same as righteous. Some versions even say the righteous shall live by faith. But that's not how the Greek says. The Greek grammatical construction is in the reverse. The Greek says, <laughs> the righteous by faith shall live. As it is written, the righteous by faith shall live. The Norwegian version says, the righteous by faith shall have life. Those who know they are righteous by faith, I am righteous by faith. Say, they are those who live. <laughs> they are those who live the life of God. I'm righteous by faith. <laughs> I don't want to go further there. Okay. Number five, right? The fifth. Okay. Isaiah 54, verse 14. So you want to establish in righteousness, you are far from oppression. You are free from oppression. In righteousness shall thou be established. And that shall be far from oppression. If you are suffering from oppression in your life, you just have to be established in righteousness. 
He says you'll be far from you know oppression. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good works and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For sicknesses and diseases are called oppression. Depression is an oppression. Yeah. Depression is an even poverty is an oppression. The word oppression, kata dunastio. Something that holds you down to dominate you, to subjugate you, to enslave you. But when you are established in righteousness, the Bible is not saying you, you'll be close to oppression. You, you'll be what? Far. Far. Far from oppression. Why? For thou shalt not fear. Now the reason you are going to be far from oppression is that you will not fear. Because fear is a source of all oppressions. Now, how do you know your heart is established in righteousness? The degree of fear in your life right now is the measure of, of the degree of the lack of your personal revelation about your righteousness in Christ. Yeah. Because the proof that your heart is established in righteousness is because is that you are far from fear. <laughs> oh God, I'm dead. You are... F- you, you. <laughs> People are afraid of everything. Cockroaches, lizards, frogs. Afraid. It shows your heart is not established in righteousness. And once you are afraid, oppression will come. Yeah. Now, the devil, you know why some believers are praying for long hours and still? When they break, the thing doesn't break. <laughs> when they cast out the thing, it's, a, it's not casting out. It's because though they are praying and they are warring, your heart's is still in fear. So the devil will go and still come back because fear is the legal ground. I mean, you have given him a foothold. You can pray for five hours. <laughs> they, they will vacate that. They will, they will leave you for two weeks, but they will still come back. And all your life will be warfare, 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 warfare. Because of fear. Because fear brings oppression. The reason for the oppression, for thou shalt not fear. Do you know that when your heart is established in righteousness, Satan, uh, every, fear for, every fear for Satan will go away. Now the question is, why should you fear Satan? Do you believe in what Jesus has done? Why should you fear Satan? Every fear of Satan means our heart is not established yet. (laughs) Hey! I'm not even talking about witches and wizards. I'm talking about their master himself. Smith Wigglesworth You've heard of his name, right? One day he was in his bedroom and heard a sound in his hall. So he woke up to go and see. He thought someone had come. So when he went to his hall, Satan himself was standing there. If you were the one, he got to your hall from bed, 2 a.m. He got to the hall, Satan himself. (laughs) Bishop says, you run and leave your body. You will run with the Holy Ghost and the angels. The angels are with you and you, you will run and leave them. And the previous day you were saying, greater is he that is in me. <laughs> than he that is in the world. Wigglesworth saw Satan and said, ah, I thought it was someone important. I thought it was someone important. I didn't know it was you. Ah, he didn't pray against him. I thought it was someone important. Oh no, it's this person. He's nothing. You are nothing. He just went and slept. Satan was upset because his ego had been bruised. It pained him. Oh, Satan was troubled. He was troubled because Satan wanted a kind of hey, 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 in Jesus' name, hey, hey. He wanted something like that. But he despised him. I thought it was someone very important. He didn't even waste his prayer on him. He's not worth it. He's established in righteousness. He knew who he is. It's amazing. He knew it. Hallelujah. Just come. That's why that's when you are casting out devils. In Jesus' name, I command you to leave. 
Don't be there waiting to see whether the devil will say, I'm going, I'm coming, I'm not going. No. Have you seen a king on the throne sit, sending, uh, uh, giving commands to his servants? And the king is saying, Go. I say, Go. You go. You go. The servant himself will be doubting. This guy, is he a true king? Because kings, they know the authority behind their word. One word is okay. Yeah. <laughs> go in Jesus' name. And you know, you, know, you know who you are. You know what you carry. Yeah. And it's done. Don't waste your time on, on witches and wizards. I've never seen light running away from darkness. All our problems is in lack of revelation. Even Satan trembles when he sees you. Do you know that whenever you know you are his righteousness, anytime you wake up from bed, Satan is troubled in his kingdom. This guy has woken up again. Again. Ken Hagen said those days he used to be afraid of Satan. But when he had a revelation of what Christ has done, he stood up and he was rather going after Satan. Where is he? Hagen said Satan organized a conference and said, guys, the guy, the guy, the boy has found out the truth. What shall we do? He's found out the truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Never fear. Be bold. The Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as lion. Okay, the last point. The last point. Romans 5 verse 17. Righteousness will cause us to reign in life. To reign as kings. For if by one man's offense, death reigned as king. That's a Greek. Death reigned as king by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign. Shall, shall king. That's a Greek. Shall king in life by one. We, ask, we are kings. But now look at something. There's something to learn here. Death reigned. Thank God. The Bible is not saying death is reigning. Reign is what? Past tense. It's past. Much more day which receive. Now, many Christians are not reigning. Many Christians are not kings. They are not reigning as kings. They are kings, but they are not reigning as kings, as God made them. But the Bible says that this is, a, this is how we can reign as kings. Much more day which receive. Say receive. So if you receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will reign. But all of us have received Christ, so we have received the gift of righteousness. Is that not so? But that is not the idea of Paul here. Although we are all his righteousness, that is not what he's communicating here. Because the, the word receive is not in the aorist tense. In the Greek, it is present active participle. So this is how it's read in the Greek. Much more shall those who are presently and constantly receiving the gift of righteousness. Because the word present and active voice, they must do it. They must take it. Take it. Present tense in the Greek is an action in the present tense in a continual fashion. Those who keep receiving, who are receiving. But how can you receive righteousness and receive and receive? That's not the idea here. He's talking about those who are Two things, conscious of their righteousness and those who are constantly admitting to the receipt of their righteousness. Constantly admitting to the receipt of righteousness and conscious of their righteousness and those who are constantly confessing their righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That no matter what happens, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness. Those who are constantly receiving confessing and being conscious of it. They are admitting to who they are. They reign as king. Praise God. Praise God. Let me show you something that will convince you of what I'm saying. Now righteousness is for the mature. It's not for the babies. Paul said, for when for the time you ought to have been teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. And in verse 13 of Hebrews 5, he says, For everyone that used milk is unskillful in a word of righteousness, for he's a babe. Praise God. So those who are not skillful in the word of righteousness, they are babies. The word skillful is inexperienced in the word of righteousness. 
Now, what is the word of righteousness? What is the word of righteousness? Jesus said, let your communication be yea or nay. Let your speaking be yea or nay. Paul said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Jesus said, he that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Now, all the words communicating, speaking, saying, is the same Greek word for, please don't leave Hebrews 5. That's my main verse now. Hebrews 5.13. Yeah. The same word for the word of righteousness is the same word for the saying of righteousness. The communicating of righteousness. The speaking of righteousness. That's the Greek. So literally, I'm telling you that he's saying that everyone that you said milk is inexperienced in the speaking of righteousness. Everyone that you said milk is, is inexperienced in the communication of righteousness. You know why? For he's a babe. There are many words for babes. But the word here is nepios. You know nepios? It's two words put together. Ne, a post. Ne means not. A post means speaking. Nepios means not speaking. For everyone that hmm, you said milk is inexperienced in the speaking of righteousness. For he cannot speak. For he's not speaking. So nepios are those who are not speaking. Are you here? So, nepios are babies who have not learned to speak. Nay, epos, not speaking. Nay, epos, not speaking. The, communic- the speaking of righteousness. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. Yeah. So, I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. So, you have to be skillful in speaking it. Speaking it. So, Normally, when you are making a declaration, first say, I am the righteousness of God. You know what you are saying? God's power is released by righteousness. Even the spirit is life because of righteousness. We have access to God's life because of righteousness. Righteousness is God's legal power. Righteousness means that you are in Christ's place, legally. Everything that he deserves is now yours. So when you declare, I am the righteousness of God, you are affirming what is yours and where you are. Then you say, I am healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So you confirm it, then you speak it. And another way you can pray is that all the promises in the Bible about righteousness is yours. That's how I pray. For instance, the Bible says that in the way of righteousness, there is no death. In the way of righteousness is life. In the pathway, there is no death. So I am the righteousness of, righteousness of God. In my pathway, there is no death. That's how to live. The Bible says in Proverbs that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That's your children. So when you say, I am the righteousness of God, my ch- children are delivered from wrong company, wrong, wrong association. Because it is written for you. If you declare it, that is, it's yours. Praise God. Look through the book, book of Proverbs. The Bible says, in the house of the righteous is much treasure. Ah, that means there's much money in my house. Because I am that righteous person. Yeah. Maybe you are hungry. There's no food for money. Then, ah, you remember, the Lord will not, will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. I cannot be hungry. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Food will come. Food will come. The Bible says the blessing is on the head of the righteous. I'm a blessing. I'm a blessing. I'm a blessing. Hallelujah. Brethren, justice is on your side. It's all about knowing who you are in Christ. When you're in life, all sorts of addictions, pornography, masturbation, you, you overcome it. Your, your nature of righteousness, you live above it. And there is no sin consciousness. There is no guilt. And you have the power. Righteousness. The righteous by faith, they shall live. I know I'm righteous by faith. We are those who will live God's life. We will live the Zoe life. In this life. Hallelujah. The righteous shall be as bold as lion. You can't enter into that office. 
You want to enter, you want to go and meet that manager, but you are shivering. No. Just stand at the corner and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteous shall be as bold as a lion. I am as bold as a lion. And just and move on. <laughs> yeah. You just have to say, affirm your righteousness because that's how you reign. Affirm it and declare it. Heaven cannot refuse. You are saying you are entitled. <laughs> God must treat you as Christ because you are in his place. Look, you are in a car. Just say, I am the righteousness of God and sleep. And the angels will not have rest until they usher you to your destination. Just sleep. God is not a man that he should lie. You are his righteousness. Far from oppression. I'm his righteousness. Lift up your voice and bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and bless his holy name. These men have preached with me. <laughs> You sat and they stood. You are reigning. Yeah. May you reign in life. Yes. Jesus Christ. You are blessed. Accused sinner now justified. You are blessed. Hallelujah. And lift up your hands and just begin to bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to give you the opportunity to declare into your life as the righteousness of God. Declare that you are God's righteousness. You have been justified. God's justice is now the back. His throne is now the back of your justification. The Trinity is now the back of your justification. Confess who you are. Then speak out your victory. 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 Every sin has been paid for. God has not put sin into your account. He doesn't do that. There is no imputation of sin. It's all gone. It's all gone. It's all gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. All that are incensed against me shall be ashamed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are sick in any part of your body, touch it and raise your the other hand and declare, I am the righteousness of God. As you declare it, use your word to dismiss that pain forever in your life. Now, in Jesus' name, on the bedrock of the revelation of your righteousness, touch it and raise your hands. Declare your righteousness in Christ. And say, in the name of Jesus, I dismiss this pain this disease, this sickness, lift up your voice. Whatever is not right in your body. There are commanding forces here. Every disease is dismissed. Every eye problem is dismissed. Every chest problem is dismissed. Every leg problem is dismissed. Every head problem is dismissed. As the righteousness of God, we demand our rights. Now in the name of Jesus, I proclaim all of you healed. Every spirit that torments your body leaves your body. Every spirit of infirmity leaves your body. Totally healed. Totally whole. 
I proclaim your liberty. I proclaim your freedom. I proclaim your liberty. I proclaim your freedom. I proclaim your liberty. I proclaim your freedom. Now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Now you want to lift up your hands. The Bible says, In, in the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall sing in praise, shall glory, shall halal. Now I want you to now praise God on the basis of the drama we, we demonstrated here. That you are the one justified. And God's throne is on your side. His justice is now for your defense. You can never go to hell. You can never perish. Do you have amplified version here? I want you to read John chapter 10 verse 28 in amplified version. John 10 28. Then you are going to praise Jesus for leaving the eternal throne and coming to the cradle and the death. Coming to take your place in sufferings. Look at what it says. And I give them eternal life and they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. <laughs> that is you. That is you. That is you. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel, we are the Israel of God, be justified and they shall, say, in fact, they shall display madness. That's what it says. <laughs> they shall be clamorously foolish because they shall be too much joyful and praiseful and thankful and overwhelmed with joy that they will be more than David. They will just be all thankful for what God has done. Now lift up your voice and shout and give him praise. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.